Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Mom took away your cell phone. You're grounded, Missy. <laughs> I've heard about this. Yeah, last week Peacock told us the story about this um, This mom. Her name's Jody. She lives in Michigan. She took her, away her 15-year-old daughter's iPhone back in April after her daughter got in trouble at school. Um, the girl went to dad who's divorced from mom, and said, Mom stole my phone. He called the cops. The cops came and arrested mom, uh, charged her after keeping her in jail for two hours, charged with two counts of larceny, which could carry a punishment of six months in prison. What? And, like, they never stopped and said, hold on a second, what is going on in this situation? They didn't listen to Jody, and eventually it got in front of a judge. And the judge is like, well, this is a mom punishing her daughter. Yeah. This is, why would she even charge it in the first place? This is crazy. This is clearly uh, an ex-husband trying to get revenge, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. 100%. Here's Jody. I found this news clip from the Holland Sentinel of Jody talking about her ordeal. I would like answers on why it got so far and how it got to this far where this happened within my home. I was disciplining my child and then I'm being the one handcuffed. He had told me that he was going to arrest me and I asked him if I could turn myself in on that Monday by myself. I had a new baby. She wasn't taking a bottle yet. I was in a holding cell two hours. I was mortified. This, I was embarrassed. I believe the prosecutor knew the whole time. It wasn't easy. It was easy. It was an easy question to have answered. <laughs> Crazy. That is, it's like literally. New baby at home, too. Yeah. How dare you take a cell phone away from this daughter or make her live like somebody did 10 years ago? Like to th- act like a cell phone is a right or something that. Something somebody, that is essential. That a parent couldn't take away is insane. Yeah. Kids are the worst. <laughs> right? Teenagers. They really do think they know it all. I remember being a teenager and my mom was like, oh, you think you know it all? I'm like, that's because I do. (laughs) And that was before the internet. (laughs) Right. Before we had Wikipedia. Now we kind of can know it all unless mom takes her phone away. Yeah. But you can just imagine this daughter screaming at her, I hate you, mom. Yeah. I hate you, mom. You took away my phone. I hate you. I'm telling dad. Now, I will be honest. Go though. ahead. Tell your father. What's he going to do? Nine one one. Now, I will, my, my parents kicked me off the internet on, when I would be on MSN too much or whatever. Yeah. You did feel personally attacked as a teen because that was your social pipeline, right. right? It's like if you weren't allowed to go before, I was even before that. It was like if you couldn't go to a party that everyone was going to. Oh, the world is over. Is is his parents home? Then you're not going, oh, mom, you're the worst. You don't understand. My life is over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling 911. <laughs> this is abuse. I, there was a couple times where I threatened to call kids help phone on my mom. That's a classic. Like, I'm calling kids help phone, mom. Now you're in trouble. Yeah, because you watch those commercials as a kid. You don't know what they really mean. And then I'd go over and I'd pretend to dial a number and it would be like a... Pizza place. <laughs> yeah, pizza place. Or, Hi, kids' help phone. My mom just said I have to go to my room. She's being really mean to me. Okay, you'll be here in five minutes. Great. <laughs> Cross your arms. You'll see, mom. You just wait, mom. <laughs> you'll see. Hey, I just uh, was listening to your stories about uh, the kid getting their phone taken away. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of when my mom kicked me off the internet. Yeah, that's what Jim I was knew- saying. He'd get kicked off MSN or whatever, Messenger. 
Uh, my we only had the one computer, right? So my mom would uh, kick me off, and I knew I knew more about computers, obviously, because I was younger. But uh, I I disabled the internet on her when she kicked me off, so I kicked it kicked it off the internet completely, and uh, and she just lost it, lost her mind. Like I'd never seen her more uh, like erratic. You're like if I'm not life. if I can't use the computer, nobody can use nobody the computer. Can. She, I, she came up and she's like, what is going on? What's the matter with the computer? Why isn't it on the internet? And I said, I don't know. It was on the internet for me. What did you do? <laughs> she said, you put that thing back on the internet right now. <laughs> it, it's so funny. You think you think it's a battle you're going to win as a teenager, oh, right? Uh, but it's never a good idea to keep going against mom and dad. Never. Never. I lost it so quickly, and then I and I lost the privileges for the week. It was, but it was worth it. I, 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 I she knew she knew that I had uh, I had some some kind of knowledge. The that, upper uh, hand. Yeah, yeah. It's backfired on me now, though. Though she calls me every minute when uh, she has a problem. <laughs> You're still fixing her computer to this day. What That's did you right. do? I'm 43, Mom. I don't live at home. <laughs> you built this computer 10 years ago. Why doesn't it work now? <laughs> Hi, FM 96. Hey, I was listening to you guys talking about the girl with the cell phone. Yeah. Um, I've got a really good story. So when I was 16, my parents were super mad at me for not cleaning my room. It was a disaster. So it went on for maybe two weeks. Uh, one day I come home from high school and they completely cleared out my room. Nothing in it, like not even a mattress. So I call my sister and I'm like, I hate mom and dad. They're so mean. I'm moving out. I'm moving in with you. Two minutes later, knock on the door. My dad says, "Go get it, Kelly." And I'm like, "No, Dad, I'm not getting the phone or not getting the door. I hate you guys." I answer the door. It's Tempermint's, and they got me a brand new bedroom set. Oh, <laughs> I felt so bad. They got you. They did that just to yeah. make you feel bad. Oh, they yeah. knew exactly how mm-hmm. that one was going to play out. Kudos, mom and switch. dad. Kudos to them. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. I want to tell everybody about this great promotion we started with the London Knights on Friday, the home opener. Jim, you weren't there. I haven't told you about this yet, Mm -hmm. but it was so hilarious. Um, So now in the second period, we start doing this thing called with McDonald's called the Mac Attack, celebrating the 50th anniversary of the Big Mac. Mm -hmm. And I'm on the mic, and I say to the crowd... Um, okay, so this is new. Everyone pay attention because this is really cool. Mac attack. If the London Knights score within the next two minutes, look at the clock. If the, the, the Knights score within the next two minutes, everyone in Budweiser Gardens gets a free Big Mac. Oh, wow. <laughs> and the crowd was like, audible gasp from the crowd. Everyone's like, oh, free Big Mac. <laughs> and sure enough... So they post on the uh, the board, like, it says the Mac attack expires at whatever time, you know, two minutes later. <laughs> so everyone's on the edge of their seat. And sure enough, a minute 20 into the Mac attack, yeah, young man by the name of Connor McMichael scores a goal. Two-on-one beauty goal. Yeah. And it sounded like the London Knights had just won the Memorial Cup. <laughs> The crowd went insane. <laughs> That's amazing. They went wild. Just takes a free hamburger. Yeah. During the whole like Mac attack, every time was there a shot on net, would people go, oh, like, 
like that the it, whole time, too. It, it was amazing. They should just start doing Mac attacks the entire game because the fans <laughs> were so into it. It was so awesome. I can't wait to do it again this Friday at the game. I got to say, though, that's 6,000 Big Macs or so. They got a lot of Big Macs. Holy cow, dude. McDonald's wants to give them away, man. I know. It's the anniversary of the Big Macs. Good on them. I'm just saying that's a lot of Big Macs. They know we've got a good team. They know what they've signed up for. I feel like the players are into it. They want to win everyone a Big Mac. The crowd's so into it. It, It's just a win-win-win situation Mm -hmm. with these Mac attacks. At the London Knights games. I was at softball the next day. Everyone's like, oh my God, I was at the game last night. How awesome was that Mac attack? <laughs> the Mac attack is taking the city oh, by yeah. storm. Oh yeah, the team won too, but that Mac attack was amazing. <laughs> and just seconds away from pulling off the most improbable comeback in sports history. And he wants this putt to go in. He wants the people to go crazy. <laughs> Incredible walks in this sport. Never seen anything like this in all the years we've been together here at Eastlake, especially. What was it like coming up 18? What is it like now hearing all these people chant your name? I mean, I, I was having, having a hard time not crying coming up last hole, you know? It's been a long time since we've said this. Congratulations, Tiger. So, an hour ago, Devin Peacock finally caves and says that Tiger Woods is back. As soon as we turn the microphones off, he starts trying to backpedal on it. Yeah, he's back, but... But what, Dev? Well, like, everyone has a different version of back. Like, if, if Tiger Woods is back to being Tiger Woods... Then that Tiger Woods was winning like like he was just crushing everything. He was winning like ten times a year. Your point is he's never going to be as good as he once was. Yes, and so but if you want to talk about like Tiger Mania and Tiger being back to one of the best players in the world, then he's back because he's now up to thirteen. Like he's he's done an enormous job this year to get where he is. He's had a lot of top ten finishes, and now he's he's won. So he is back as Tiger Woods can be back at the age of 42. It was cool to see him get emotional during the trophy presentation yesterday. All of a sudden it started hitting me that I was going to win the tournament. And, uh, you know, my, my, I started tearing up a little bit. And the reason why I knelt down behind the ball, I said, you know, i got to get back to work here. Come on, just you know, finish this off. And I, I just can't believe I, I pulled this off after, you know, what the season's gone through. And... Um, It's been, uh, it's been, it's been tough. You know, I've had a, I've, uh, not not so easy the last couple of years, and I've worked my way back, and uh, I, I couldn't have done it without the help of you know everyone around me and um, some of those close, like some of the, the players that I saw after on there on 18th green here. Um, you know, some knew what I was struggling with, and uh, it was really special to see them there and. Uh, it's just hard to believe I, I've, I've, you know, won the door championship. Everyone loves a good comeback. It's crazy, you know. Uh, there's uh, people be talking lately about how some of the younger players have been saying, "Man, I wish I could have faced uh, Tiger when he was in his prime." 
And there was a quote from this is like earlier, like months and months ago. And David Duvall said to him, "No, you don't. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't know your name. <laughs> you're, st- you're, you're stupid. You don't want to face Tiger Woods in his prime. He would demolish you." And it's the interesting thing about this Tiger Woods here is he is so different. Like because I just I read the Tiger Woods book that came out recently, and the Tiger Woods in that book is like he's like he's like when he steps onto the course. Like he like he doesn't care about anyone right. or anything. He is going to like steamroll you. And when he made his first comeback, he tried to be a gentler tiger, and it didn't work for him. And his agent was saying, "You got to have the killer mentality to beat these guys." And he got it, and then he won again. And then he got injured. He had all the back surgery. So this Tiger Woods is a softer Tiger Woods, but still... He's winning. He's winning. He's older, he's wiser. To hear him say he was almost crying before he was finished his round... He never would have said that when he was 25 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I I love the story because back trouble, anyone who's ever had back issues knows how tough it is just to uh, get to a point where you can function in daily life, but... To bring it all the way up to the level where you can compete as an, an elite a- athlete after going through what Tiger's gone through and the drugs that you have to try and get on and then off of, it's a very difficult thing. So pretty cool that he's back to being ranked as one of the top golfers in the world. Do you think he's sitting on his floor, laying on his floor right now with his feet on a cushion? Going, oh, my back! <laughs> his feet are on a trophy, Jim, not a cushion. The Taz Show Podcast. Taz, would you ever make your child wear a helmet? On the playground? If doctors told me that he needed to wear a helmet. Because some kids do. They have, they like have soft heads. Soft heads or something, and they have to wear helmets when they're young. Yeah. So, yeah, I would. I, if a doctor didn't, if just a random teacher or something told you to, would you? I'd ask why. Because <laughs> this is happening in Edmonton, and, and people are losing their mind. There's a daycare in Edmonton that sent a note back home to the parents. said, from now on, if you want your kids to play on our playground at our daycare, they're required to wear a helmet. The parents go, what is going on here? And they say, well, you know, for liability purposes, and, you know, we want our children to be safe. The other day, a child was biking on a bike, and a child was pushing him from behind on the bike. The child on the bike was wearing a helmet, but the child pushing him tripped and fell and hit his head. So now they want all the kids, no matter what, when they're outside playing on the playground, to wear a helmet. I don't know, man. Two things. One... I do get terrified when my son is on the climbers. If my wife's not there, it is a two-person job. He gets up there, and if you're not with him, he makes a, a run for the uh, the pole, like to slide down the pole, and he's not old enough for that. Sure. So I have to dart around to the other side and try and grab him before he just does something stupid like jump off the top of the thing. It's stressful. Sure. And, and it's true. I'd almost rather my kid fall off a bike than fall off... <laughs> You know, the second story of a playground. Yeah, because they can barely, they go with four miles an hour anyway on the bike, so they can't get hurt that much. But here's the thing, too. Like, you have to train kids at a young age what's dangerous and what's not. If they're always wearing a helmet, that moment they don't have the helmet on, they feel invincible, and they end up getting seriously hurt because they didn't learn at a young age to be careful. Just because they have helmets on, they're going to start taking risks with their heads as they get older? Yeah, 100% they will. That's psychology. My, my second reason I am pro-helmet 
is because kids look hilarious when they're wearing helmets. That is true. Because they're heads, a little too heavy. Yeah, their heads look so big. They look like uh, Peanuts characters, like Charlie, <laughs> Charlie Brown, just these big, massive helmets on. Same reason I love watching the, uh, the Tim Bits hockey in between periods at the London Knights games. Mm-hmm. Those little tiny hockey bodies with the giant hockey heads. Yeah. Hilarious. But isn't it also another thing also your kids need to toughen up? Like you got to fall as a child yeah. or else you'll not know how to fall when you're an adult. You got to learn how to take pain and not shut down. <laughs> right? Like it's, it's, it's a bubble wrapped situation, is yeah. it not? It may be a little excessive. <laughs> you just have me... That's going to be a new lesson at the daycare. Okay, now we're going to learn to take pain, kids. Yes, like soft tumble. Walk across this broken glass. No. Going to teach you some life lessons. But you know the difference when a kid has a very protective set of parents versus the kid who, like, his parents kind of let him run around. He falls, he brushes it off and scrapes off his knee. If the kid who doesn't fall ever cries forever. Mm. Yeah. If they said my kid needs to wear a helmet, I'd send a helmet with him. Well, it'd be like, is it worth arguing or, you know, in principle, though, do you say when's enough enough? Because I know just Murphy's Law. I'd argue. I'd be like, my kid's not wearing a helmet. And then I'd send him without a helmet and he'd fall and hurt his head. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, but every kid hurts their head. Yeah. And it's good. Maybe. Okay. Well, I Again. Just those big helmets look hilarious <laughs> on kids. I don't think I don't think you're going to change my mind on this one, Jim. <laughs> you're doing it for the cute factor. Detroit Lions and Lions fans. Boss Brad is one of them. He joins us here in the studio with a big old grin on his face. Look at this guy, huh? I'm just uh, listening to this song going, you know what? We haven't played that a lot. I don't know the words to this. The Lions victory song. Yeah, but you you know the song, though. It's the guy with the hard hat who sings it at all the games. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like Matt Patricia could do a really good job singing that. He's got the, the lung capacity to really belt it out. Matt Patricia... Congratulations to him. A great, you know, to beat your mentor, your former team, the New England Patriots dynasty like the Lions did last night is huge for him. But that guy looks like he has a buffalo wing sauce IV hooked up to him (laughs) (laughs) as soon as the game is over. Does he not like look like he should be taking better care of himself? He's funny because it's like you've seen him for so many years on the sidelines of, of New England. And then this year when they hired him as the coach and he was doing the press conference... And he started talking. I never heard him talk before. He's got like this little wiener voice. Like, yeah, I think everything's going to be great this year. (laughs) He's he's a big guy with the big beard. He looks like someone. Do you guys not feel like he looks like someone you know, but you can't put your finger on it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he looks like my buddy if he gained 100 pounds. He looks like a bartender, I think, that used to work at Jim Bob Ray's. (laughs) Here he is. Here is uh, Matt Patricia. In the uh, walking into the locker room, everyone goes wild. Here's what he had to say to the team after that victory. It's about players, man. You guys went out and played. Yes, Put the work in every single day. And Sunday is a good time. Yes, now, is this fun? Yes. <laughs> this is exactly what we needed, right? So proud of you guys. 
I love you. I believe in you. And we got to keep stacking them together. Sure. Sure. Is we got to roll now. Yeah. You got me? Yeah. Yeah. Enjoy it tonight, man. But I'm just telling you, if you're done with it tomorrow, it's on to the Cowboys. Yes. Lions. <laughs> so, do you have uh, hope? Do you think this was a one-off, or do you think this is a t- turning point this season for I your think, team, Brad? I think that they got they got a little lucky last night because New England had like you know maybe what one starting wide receiver and had a couple guys in their defense that weren't playing last night. I thought they played a really good game. But at the same time, they didn't play like the best of New England. I'm just happy they beat New England. Josh Gordon was inactive. Eventually, he will be playing, and he could be another deep threat. I mean, Rob Gronkowski is really like they're only really reliable. They got you know Chris Hogan, other guys, but there's no one that can yeah. really distinguish themselves from the secondary. And Josh Gordon's a guy that potentially could do that for New England. I want to give a shout out to all the Cleveland Browns fans listening. FM 96's signal makes its way down into Cleveland. Rest easy knowing that your team has a better record this season than the New England Patriots do. (laughs) At this point, the Browns have a better record than the Patriots. In your face, Bud Light. (laughs) Get some New England uh, fridges. I love it, man. Like, you know, those Cleveland fans have been through so much. In there, like, yeah. That's that's why I hate New England and New England fans because it's like there's almost a connection between yeah. Lions fans, Bills fans, and Browns fans, yeah. despite the fact that FM 96 is in the middle of all those football towns. The other connection is you guys can sympathize with each other when it comes to losing. Chronic disappointment. That's <laughs> what <it is. laughs> hey, I just want to sincerely thank you for listening to the Taz Show podcast. If you want more, subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your podcasts. All the podcast places.